This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, welcome to The Bonfire. I have some excellent news for the podcast. Actually, for just Bonfire in general. SoundCloud has finally decided to put my old episodes back up on the air. And that's, uh, oh, yes, thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. You're too kind. Uh, I'm not really sure what the problem was, but all I, all I know is SoundCloud basically took out a month's worth of shows and just said, oh, these are not available in your area. And I, I'm not sure exactly what the hell that meant because I'm in America. I recorded them in America. And every other episode I have done was recorded in America. And those seem to be working. But for some reason... They were not available in your region. So whatever BS that was, who knows? But seemingly Bonfire is now back on SoundCloud with all of its episodes. So in case you missed anything, you know, regarding Zika sex. (laughs) Yes, I did have a segment about that. Or Finding Dory. Or the uh, Going Clear Scientology documentary. Or Returning from New York and the Captain America Civil War review. Those were a number of... uh, episodes that were missing, like those particular topics. So rest assured, I hope they're still up. They better be. And now you can find them, which means you can also find them on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play, where, of course, you can find everything Bonfire. So anywho, there you have it. Excellent news. And more excellent news I have to share with uh, the audience here, the the dear listeners, the dear listeners of the Bonfire. Finding Dory was a fantastic movie. It does have the bonfire seal of approval. Now, as it happened, I was not able to write a full article for the bonfire website, bonfirethoughts.com, like I normally do for movies. It's called life. Things happen. And when you plan on tackling certain chores, inevitably other chores get in the way as well. And so you got to make decisions. Hmm. What should I do first? What has to be done? And inevitably, some things just fall off, and you think, okay, oh well, I didn't get around to it. In this case, I was getting my truck fixed, you know, 60,000 mile checkup. Had to take it in, ended up taking a little bit longer than I expected. So when you have no car, no vehicular transport, you can't get to where you need to go to get the work done. I cannot sit at home and work. Not only is that a choice, but I've tried it before, and it just doesn't work. I can't wrap my mind that way. If I'm at home, I'm going to relax and enjoy and turn off the phone. Turn off the computer and stay away from work. When I need to get work done for Bonfire or um, The Blaze, for example, I go to the studios because that's a work environment. I like to separate the two. That's my personal choice. Some people like to work from home. I don't. I like to keep them separate because I've also just found it's just difficult for me to focus at all when I'm at home. I would like to relax. 
So when I didn't have a vehicle to leave my house to go work on the Finding Dory article, I had to resort to just sharing something on our Facebook page. And this will have to do. So now that's why I'm going to explain it further here using my vocabulary, my extensive, exquisite, erudite vocabulary. A quick bonfire review of Finding Dory. I got to talk to uh, Jeffy of the Jeff Fisher Show last weekend about it. He invited me on his show on Saturday mornings, I believe 9 to noon Eastern, and I explained to him just exactly what I thought. But here it is. Here's what I've written out on the Facebook page. Number one, Finding Dory does not live up to the first Finding Nemo, only because the first was so original and emotional. Now, Finding Nemo came out in 2003. That is 13 years ago. 13 years! I remember seeing the commercials for that movie and thinking to myself, wow, look, another Pixar movie. They're the ones who did the Toy Story and A Bug's Life and Monsters, Inc. Yeah, Monsters, Inc. was the first one. That was 2001, I believe. So I liked all those movies. I said, hey, Finding Nemo, they're going to do one about fish? That's awesome. That's That's an original idea. It's not like The Little Mermaid. Okay, obviously that was another aquatic tale. But this one was a bit different. And I suspected it would be a good movie. And I believe it made $1.2 billion with a B in box office. I could be wrong. Maybe that's just total sales like DVDs and box office. And of course it's worldwide, not the US. This has to be worldwide. But it is the most successful animated movie ever, I believe. That's according to Business Insider. So anywho. Obviously, a very original concept. The guy, uh, the plot, the dad losing his son, and it's in the first scene of the movie. The mom and all the other kids die. Man, they put that. They just, they just rip your heart out right at the beginning of that movie, and you think, "Oh my gosh, why am I here? Why I came here to watch a cartoon and laugh and have a good time, and you just killed everybody?" No. Uh, luckily, Little Nemo did survive, and that's the whole point of the story. So right there, Pixar is great at telling stories. They just they yank you right into it, and now you feel like you got some skin in the game. I love those kinds of movies that do that to you. you don't, you're not an observer. You feel like you're actually a participant in the story. I don't know how they do it, but I think it's safe to say it pulled us all in. And then you watch as the father loses his son and braves the entire ocean to find his boy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good story. It's a great idea that the father who's, who would not rather go out into the ocean faces his own fears and says, screw this. I'm going to go find my kid. You, you're damn right I'm scared, but I'm going to go do it because I want to. I'm choosing to, and I love him. That's great. I love that. And, of course, Dory, great character. <laughs> Short-term memory loss. That was great. I think that's just so, so much fun. And so, anyway, does not live up to the first because that was just so impactful. Finding Dory. Now, don't get me wrong. Number two, it is a fantastic sequel by any standard. Now, I have complained here before on the bonfire about Hollywood's penchant for sequels and how they just love to screw it up. Um, Jurassic Park 2, for example. Eh, certainly not as good as the first. What's another great example? Back to the Future 2. Eh, can't beat the first one. I'd say the most egregious one. What am I thinking of? Ghost Rider. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that one came to mind, but Ghost Rider, I saw the first one. That was with Nicolas Cage, and he's that superhero demon thing. First one, when I saw it in high school, I liked it. I thought it was okay, but it's definitely cheesy. 
and I had no interest in seeing the second one, and I heard that one was far worse. So, I mean, we all know sequels tend to do worse, and lately, Hollywood just absolutely butchers them, and they tank in a complete waste of money, and the audiences, the general population just does not care. They say, really? You made a sequel? Why? What are you doing? It's just them thinking, hey, well, the first one was either hugely successful or moderately successful, and they think, oh, let's make more money off of this, and that's all they're doing. They're not trying to tell a legitimate, entertaining story. I mean, yes, they're a business. They, they are in it for the money, but sometimes they're so blindsided by the money that they just deliver trash, and you think, well, that's worth about two cents. That's all you're going to get out of it, so you lose money on it, good for you. You deserve that. Finding Dory is a great sequel. I would say it's half a notch below Finding Nemo. And like I said, it's only because Finding Nemo was just such... It cemented itself into our culture, I believe, at least in my generation. You know, it's such a just a fun movie, and everyone can enjoy it. Finding Dory is right there, right there on its tail. So number three, why Finding Dory has the bonfire approval. The incredibly animated short right before the movie, you know, just like any other Disney Pixar movie, um, I can't really seem to think of any of the shorts before any of these movies, but we all know this. Um, Toy Story or Up, I think it was Pixar, or uh, A Bug's Life, Monsters, Inc. There's always, you know, little animated shorts before the movies, and they're two minutes long, five minutes long, maybe. But this one was called Piper, and it's just this cute little bird, and I enjoyed it because, you know, it's doesn't have a care in the world, it's still on the nest, and it's on the beach, and it sees all the other birds going out on the uh, shore and picking uh, bugs and shells and things out of the sand, and that's how they're eating. Well, the bird, since he's been in the nest the whole time, just says, hey, mom's going to bring home food, I can just stay here. Eventually the mom says, nope, not not anymore, you're going to go out there and get it yourself. So you see the mom, not just babying, she's raising her child. (laughs) I like these subtle messages, it's just a bird, there's no talking, it's incredibly animated looks very realistic but i like those subtle messages that you can still pick up on you'd say look the mom is pushing literally pushing the bird out of the nest get out there go do it yourself i'm not doing it for you anymore and the little baby tries and it fails it tries again and it fails it gets swept up by the ocean it fails it gets scared it runs back home the mom says no get back out there you need to do this i'm not gonna do it for you i like that message be self-sufficient Eventually, the bird gets its thing, and it understands, and it has a good time. It conquers its fears. So, yeah, very cliche, but it's cute. And it was just a cute little bird, and you're like, that's a great little short. You didn't. It wasn't a lecture. certainly wasn't a PowerPoint. It was just great animation. And I think I read somewhere that the director, the producers of that short said it took, oh, I don't know, three years. If that's true, oh, my gosh, three years to make a five-minute animated short? Wow. That is dedication. But I loved it. So there you go. That's why you should go see Finding Dory because of that short as well. Number four, beautiful music. Um, I'm a sucker for music. Any movie that does music right just ties the whole thing together. It's the glue of the movie. If there's no music, you can think, oh, man, that's a, that was a terrible scene. It was just cheesy. Or that was an awful scene. It just was awkward without something. And that's what music does. It's supposed to kind of intensify the moment. And, of course, it does that as here, here as well. Great music, just like in Finding Nemo. Number five, heartfelt plot with a great resolution. Yeah, just like Finding Nemo. I think it's a good story. Just a 
A good, uplifting story. Number six, fun new characters like Destiny and Bailey that spice it up. Those are the two whales. And Bailey is the beluga whale. <laughs> he was funny. I enjoyed him. He was, uh, he has trouble with his, it's not sonar, it's um, echolocation. There it is. And it's something like sonar, I guess. And, and so he bumped his head and he's like, oh, I can't use it anymore. It doesn't work. And he tries and he's just having such problems with it. And he's like, ooh, okay, I feel stupid. <laughs> I don't know why I enjoy that scene so much. But eventually he gets it to work, spoilers, and he uses it to his advantage. And it's, it's funny. That's a good idea. And finally, number seven. Uh, I love the message of the power of family and determination. Again, very cheesy and cliche to say that, but that's what Dory's doing here. She does have short-term memory loss. That's a part of her character. But she thinks, oh, wait, you know what? I I have a mom and a dad. I'm going to go find them. But she turns to her current family, Nemo and, wow, I was about to say Flounder. That is not the right movie. Nemo and what the freak is his name? Wow, I am blanking. Marlin. Marlin? I can't be right. Ugh. Whatever. Anywho, her new family is Nemo and his dad. But she says, hey, I got to go find my parents, you know? I, I don't know if they're still out there. I got to try. I like that determination. I like the power of family that she's, she doesn't drop Nemo and his dad and says, oh, I don't need you anymore. I'm going to go find my parents. No, she says, I want both. She understands the beauty of family. And that's something that Bonfire has always said. Find your friends and your family. Spend as much time with them as you possibly can. Because life is short. And we uh, we can have a tendency to work too hard and think of things like, oh, you know what, I'm going to stay at, uh, at work later tonight. I'm going to see if I can't make a little extra money. Impress my boss and upset my family at the same time. You have to have that balance. And it's... You know, the quintessential problem of the modern man, the modern woman. How are you going to balance your work life and your family life? So, I liked how uh, in the movie, it just played up the importance of family. Saying, they, they make life worth living. You know, those you can help and those who can help you. If you stick together, you can make it through anything. Absolutely true. So there you have it. From the bonfire... The seven reasons why you should go see Finding Dory and why you should enjoy it. And if you don't, you got issues and I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, you can speak your mind. Feel free. Um, just understand that it's a, a stupid point for you to suggest that Finding Dory is nothing short of excellent. So if you feel differently, that's your problem. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, so there's the Finding Dory review. Coming up next, another movie review and my thoughts on it because I watched it the other day again and I thought to myself, wow, that was actually pretty good. Coming up. This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network on demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is The Bonfire On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, so the movie that I watched the other day, once again, was Star Trek. The latest one, not the latest one, the latest series, the latest take by, um, you know, Bad Robot Production Company. And what's his name? The guy who also directed Star Wars. 
Oh, what is his name? Why am I blanking on everybody's names? Anywho. <laughs> the first Star Trek has an appeal to Trekkies, but it also appeals to people who have no idea who these characters are. They may have heard the names before and thought, okay, well, I don't know what that means. That's like something, for example, if a Doctor Who movie came out. I, I wouldn't know any of the characters. I'd say, I don't know any of this. Okay, the name might sound familiar, but I don't know Jack about the history or anything. Star Trek, from I think it was 2009, succeeded because it appealed to both. It wasn't a movie devoted to the fans, and it's like only for the fans, only they would understand or appreciate it. No. It could get a whole new audience, and that was his point, the director. Ah, oh, okay, look, I'm gonna, I gotta look it up. The director, I believe, wrote, look, I tried to make it appealing to the non-Trekkies. Because, yes, he wants it to be successful, but he wants to introduce them to this universe, the Star Trek universe. So he said, hey, I think I have a way to do it. And let's see, I can't remember his name. Look this up real quick. The director is J.J. Abrams. There it is. All right, so good old J.J. He he struck, struck the right chord, I think, with this movie because it had lots of kind of secret hidden references, if you want to. Think of it that way, between Spock and Kirk and the history and um, everyone's relation to one another and the introduction of all these new characters like Chekhov and Sulu. And you're like, oh, hey, I, I remember those guys. Some of us, like me, used to watch Star Trek when I was a little kid. Um, I didn't watch the original series, but I was familiar with it. I watched uh, The Next Generation. I watched uh, Voyager and then the movies. Hmm. Star Trek First Contact, Star Trek uh, Generations. Maybe the first one, and maybe the Wrath of Khan. I don't remember a lot of those, actually. But anywho, I was a fan of the universe, you know, the Star Trek idea. So I went and saw it in theaters, and I said, oh, that was great. That was just great action. I think the characters, the the actors that they chose for the parts were spot on, and it was just a good time. And this is also kind of reflecting off of the latest, saddest news, that one of the actors from the movie, Anton uh, Yelkin, it's either Yelkin or Yelchin, whatever, Anton, he was Chekhov. Yeah, I believe he was, I think, the youngest in the group. Yeah, he died. Jeez. He was just getting out of his uh, Jeep, I believe it was a Jeep, like a Grand Cherokee, and he just got out in his driveway. Eventually, it just kind of rolled down the hill and crushed him up against the wall, and he died as of asphyxiation, maybe. Yeah, it's just horrific. You think to yourself, how the hell does that happen? Oh my gosh. So, tremendously sad. Young young and up-and-coming actor. And it's those, it's those moments that are just tragic. You think to myself, you think to yourself, wow, that's just horrific. Just like the, uh, the poor kid in Florida at the uh, Disney World. I think it was Disney World. The, the gator just grabbed him and then drowned him. My God, it was a two-year-old. So sad. And just tragic. Just makes you sick. Sick because you're so sad. Anywho, on that positive note, I enjoyed Star Trek because, yeah, like I said, it appealed to someone like me who's at least familiar with the characters in other shows and movies and would understand some of these references and jokes. Um, On the second hand, it's appealing to a broader audience. They just jump right into it, and you're like, oh, Kirk, okay. Like, if you had no idea who these characters were, never heard of them before... You could watch the movie on its own. 
you'd see, oh, hey, here's a captain who's uh, in charge of this spaceship. Okay, and now it's being attacked by something. And, it, oh, it looks like he dies, and there's, there's this child who was born named James Kirk. Oh, okay. And then, you know, 20 minutes later in the movie, you see the main character, Chris Pine, I think is his name. You, you're like, oh, hey, look, it's uh, this James Kirk guy. Oh, that was the baby that was born at the beginning of the movie. Okay. Um, he's really worried he has to live up to his father, and he's a part of this... Um, yeah, Galaxy Federation. <laughs> I'm really butchering all these terms. Whatever. Yeah, so Chris Pine. And you can just watch it on its own. You'd say, who's this pointy-eared person? Oh, Spock. Okay, well, uh, whatever. Never heard of him before. But he's all about control your emotions, and I'm smart, and I'm intelligent. And you're meeting all these new characters that are coming on one by one. You're just watching it as it can stand on its own. It's not contingent on something from the past. A number of Star Trek movies, like I mentioned, Generations and Star Trek First Contact, some of those were based off of previous movies. So you have to be kind of like, I don't understand what's going on here unless you saw the first one or you saw this part in the TV show. No, these were all new actors completely starting over. J.J. Abrams said, look, we're just going to let's spice it up. Let's make it let's appeal to a new generation. And I think he did that very well. Now... The next one after that was called Star Trek Into Darkness. I also have that at home, but I'll be watching that later to kind of brush up on it. And that is important because Star Trek Beyond is coming out this summer. I think late July. And so I'm probably going to go see that and, of course, try to write a review for Bonfire. That's what I do. And I want to see how they all kind of connect with one another if these movies can ultimately stand on their own. I understand trilogies and how, you know, they can kind of build off of one another, be connected. But I appreciate, thoroughly appreciate the director and the production crew that can produce these movies that can stand completely on their own, but also be linked to the other ones, to other movies, other shows, other ideas. And you'd say, okay, I can see these links and references but that's just a good movie on its own you could watch that by itself you could watch it first or last or in the middle doesn't matter what order you watch these movies in because they just they work so well and so there you have it bonfire does approve of the star trek the new star trek uh, revamp there you have it now (sighs) we are moving on to a tv show review that is in the next block and lord knows i'm going to share my thoughts on what the hell is going on? I don't... I'm really at a loss for words. So I will try to explain my feelings on this TV show coming up next. This is The Bonfire On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Five-year-old Colorado boy is in fair condition after his mother saved him from a mountain lion attack. She had to physically remove the lion's paws from her son's face. The boy was injured on his face, head, and neck, and his mother received minor injuries on her hand and leg. And the mountain lion is now dead because the mother choked it to death. I don't know that to be true. The Jeff Fisher Show. Saturday mornings, 9 to noon Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Bonfire. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, funny story. I had some friends who uh, suggested one day, hey, why don't we all get together, watch this TV show, and turn it into a drinking game? And, you know, we've all, if we haven't all done it, (laughs) we've heard of this concept. You know, watch a movie or the presidential debates 
or really anything and turn it into a drinking game. And you do things like, oh, well, if this character or this person says this, does that, um, performs this um, you know, stunt, then you take a drink. If this word is used more than this amount of times or when this scene shows up and that uh, actor says this, then you have to take a drink. I don't know. Whatever. Any kind of rules can be written written around anything, and the point is just to drink and have fun and laugh and really just be stupid <laughs> for 90 minutes. Uh, now, with that in mind, you know, these, uh, these good friends of mine, uh, good friends of mine, decided, hey, here's what we're going to watch. We're going to watch The Bachelorette. I said, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I don't even, I've never seen the show, but can we please not watch that? I know what it's about. I don't have to, do we have to watch it? Um, I was kind of hesitant. I was willing to give it a shot. I try to do that with uh, TV shows and movies. I'll, you know, watch the first episode or start the movie and see, okay, has it grabbed me yet? Is this interesting or is it dirty? Is it gross and just stupid? I'll, I'll give things a chance. I'll dip my toe in the water. <laughs> and so with The Bachelorette, I thought, okay, look, I do have to be honest, never seen it. So why not? All right, everybody come over. Bring your bottle of wine, your champagne, or your rum, whatever you want, and we'll sit there with some snacks while we drink. You tell me the rules. I don't know who any of these people are or what's going on, but it's a night just for fun, so why not? They came over. They brought their rules, and they're already spitting them out, and I said, who? What? Who is that? What does that mean? Who's this? And, yeah, so The Bachelorette reality TV show, quote-unquote reality, um, and I'm sitting there so just baffled. During the entire thing, I think it was almost an hour and a half. I think maybe it was an hour 15, something like that. It was actually a really long episode. I honestly do not understand the appeal whatsoever. I can understand how someone would want to watch American Idol. You know, people want to watch... People do want to watch the terrible people make a fool of themselves. And sing terribly. And watch the judges laugh at them, tell them how much they suck and then shoo them out the door. There is an appeal to that. Uh, it's not the best part of humanity, but that's, who we, that's what we do. We do like to look for strife on TV. When, it's, when, we, when we're not involved, yeah, we like to kind of laugh at other people's expenses, which is horrible, but that's humanity. So I can understand the American Idol kind of thing, the voice, and those kinds of reality shows and dancing with the stars and that kind of thing. You're like, okay, kind of glamorous, kind of funny, kind of kind of real or probably real, and you're just watching for something dramatic to happen and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. The Bachelorette, though, takes it to such, to me, an extreme. I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but this one, by far, to me, just shocked me. I thought, really? You have all these dudes lining up to get the girl, okay, but you're all making out with her. Like, one-on-one. You realize you're all sharing the same pair of lips there. To me, that seemed kind of weird. And when you're talking to the girl and you're trying to get to know her and flirting with her, and some are legitimately trying to, you know, form a relationship with her, this other dude will just walk up and be like, hey, uh, I think it's my turn. What? What the hell is this? A merry-go-round? You're just going to hand her off and say, hey, it's my turn for a ride now? Yay! What the hell? That was so, that's just weird to me. Who the hell in their right mind would say, yes, I'd love to be on that show. I'd love to be on camera trying to get the girl and not make a fool of myself and bitch and moan at all these other men and just fight and catcall. I mean, so confused. 
I'm sitting there watching the only thing. Well, maybe two things. The only couple things that made it bearable was I'm like, okay, I'm sitting here with my friends. I'm at home. I'm done for the day. I've done my work. I worked hard. Now I can relax and, you know, try to laugh, have a good time, eat some food. That was good. And then the booze. Yes. The booze did help. I would not watch that show sober. Believe you me. Now, anyway, the ones in the group, the women, seemed to enjoy it. They reveled in it so much. And I, I, re- I don't judge them for it. Absolutely, honest to God, I do not. Because I will watch Top Gear. I will watch Gilligan's Island. I will watch, uh, what's another good one? Last Man Standing. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Whatever. I have my shows that I watch, and I like them for my reasons. And a roommate will watch Seinfeld and, you know, uh, Psych and Monk. And I think, okay, wow, I don't really care about those so much. You may, and good for you. Good for you. The girls, for some reason, love The Bachelorette. And I'm still at a loss. Because it can't be real. Every dude knows the camera is on him. And so that means America, however many people that is, will be watching. He'll be like, well, I can't say the wrong things. I don't want to look like an idiot. I don't want to look like an amateur. So he's putting on a face. He's putting on a show because he is on a show. It seems so fake to me. That's why. Now, if that were to actually exist in the real world, which I'm sure it does, multiple guys fighting over one girl, that's one thing. You know, if it's happening in a small town, it's happening in the high school or the workplace. That's one thing. But as third-party objective people who have nothing to do with anything, watching it from our living rooms, we're like watching certain people get torn apart. And those people are either just failures and they suck and it's embarrassing, which, like I said, is the American Idol factor. You're watching the terrible singers just for the judges to judge them and then shoo them out the door. So, yes, there is that element. Some are watching to say, okay, what loser is going to try to impress the girl this time? What's he going to say? Is he going to be a... A douche, or is he going to be a jerk, or is he going to be like, oh, he's a sweet guy. Who knows? Who knows, though? It's on TV. Who knows if any of these guys are legitimate? I don't know. I don't remember any of their names. Uh, one of them's James. I think James Taylor. <laughs> uh, Jordan, maybe he's another dude. I don't know. I really don't. Aaron Rodgers' little brother, that's what I was told. So, anywho, watching it, and the girl's name JoJo, I think. Joe. Yeah, it's got to be JoJo. Anywho, I just thought... Why would any of these guys volunteer to more than likely be publicly humiliated not getting the girl? I understand, you know, the men we like to pursue and we like to win and fight and uh, competition. But this is, a, I thought, a bit much. You know, it's one thing to fight in the American Idol competition or the sports leagues. You know, you're fighting for dominance and you want to be the best player. But here you're like, well, who's going to get the girl? You know, damn, it sucks when you don't get the girl, okay? So, I don't know how many guys start off on the show. Maybe it's 20 or 25. That means, like, 99% of the men are going to fail. So, you're watching them lose? I don't know. And it just was such a weird concept to me. That's like, let's watch this possible relationship start in... flourish within a month or two however long they spread these like dates out and rose nights or whatever it's called (laughs) i'm so i'm just so lost i thought i don't i don't want to watch this i really don't i'm sorry this does not appeal to me i don't want to watch a bunch of dudes 
kind of complain to one another saying, well, I, I tried to take her out last night, but oh, uh, uh, uh. I don't, I don't do that with my, with my roommates. I don't know. It's like TMI. And they're all doing the exact same thing. They're all making out with her. They're all, you know, copping a feel and take, trying to take her out on romantic dates. And one by one, they're falling off. And I don't know. It just seemed too fake. It was too awkward for me. Now, that's just my opinion. I suspect, though, more men agree with me than not. I also suspect that more women like to watch it than not. I don't know why. I really don't. I may have to have a whole other segment one day and just ask a girl that does watch it, why do you watch it? What do you find in it? Because I could tell you why I watch Lost. I could tell you why I watch Fresh Prince or Last Man or Walking Dead, Top Gear or Star Trek. <laughs> I got all these reasons for entertainment value that I get from those. What entertain- entertainment value are you getting from The Bachelorette? Who knows? Maybe they're kind of watching and thinking, wow, what if that was me? What if I had all these men pining for me? Well, I, that, I, I'm sure that would feel great. Maybe that's one reason. Another one is they're kind of living the dream. They're living in these hotels, and the girl's taking them on international trips, and they're all having fun, and she's getting dates and lots of attention. Okay, I, maybe. Is that it? And you're kind of like living vicariously through that? Possibly. I don't know. But just it was so weird, the competition part of it. Now, if it were a movie, that's one thing because it's it's scripted. But when they try to make it a reality show, it just seems like, I don't know, you all know the cameras are on you. And you know you're supposed to be fighting one another for the girl. So when any of you appear to be kind of like getting along, like, oh, he's my buddy. He's my buddy, man. We're going to help each other out here. We're cool. We're... No, you're not. When it comes down to, you know, when it comes to push or shove, wait, when it comes to what the hell is the expression? When push comes to shove, what are you going to do? Of course you're going to try to take out the other guy. You want to be the winner. So to me, it just seemed like everybody was so full of it. Anybody trying to put on a happy face and cooperate with the other dudes. You know deep down, each one is thinking, no, you are all a threat to me. I want that girl for whatever reason. Doesn't matter if it's a legitimate love or you're just you just want fame. Whatever. Each one of you, you're going to get at each other's throats at one point or another. It's the nature of this show. One by one, you will drop off, and only one will be with her. Or not with her. So to watch the whole process, to me, I thought was weird. It's like watching... Do I want to watch a TV show about someone taking a dump? No, I don't want to see that kind of stuff. It's just TMI. Do I want to see a TV show about people getting laid? No, TMI. Does it happen? Yeah, of course it happens. Does the bachelorette kind of thing happen? I'm sure it does. I'm sure multiple men try to fight over this one girl at their job. And, you know, there's drama and gossip and, you know, everyone's crying. And there's amazing dates and memories. Okay, but I don't want to see that. That's why I don't watch it. So the only reason why I did was because it was a game and there was booze and there was friends involved. But rest assured, I will never watch it by myself. That would be a tremendous waste of time in my eyes. I would watch Spongebob sooner. That's a pretty sad state of affairs right there. So there you have it. Like I said, maybe one day I will uh, invite someone on who watches it and ask them, can you explain to me the appeal? I'm legitimately curious. There is no judging. Because like I said, I've I've watched American Idol, and I do watch it to see the failures. 
Like you can still go on YouTube right now and watch The X Factor or The American Idol or The Voice and say, hey, where are the losers? You know, people who just lose it when they're told, hey, you stink. I do look for those mo- uh, videos. Sorry. So whatever your appeal is for watching it, there is no judgment. I'm just curious. I don't. I have no idea what it is. So who knows? Maybe someone can tell me one day. There you go. This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. You have to be a complete and utter moron to not know separate server equals something you don't want people to know, probably for nefarious purposes. Theft, corruption, murder, bribery. Is that what you want from a secretary of state, a senator, especially a president? The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network On Demand. The Bonfire. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, for the final block of today's show, I wanted to share something that I just thought was absolutely hysterical. I lost my mind the day I discovered this, and my roommate can attest to that because I was in my room, I'm cleaning it, putting laundry away, organizing, whatever, and I took out my phone. I wanted to make sure, hey, is that um latest uh, episode or short clip? uploaded on soundcloud and so i'll check soundcloud you know for bonfire i will also check stitcher and itunes i want to make sure the feeds are trying to go through and i'm trying to keep an eye on all this that way the content is being delivered you know i want to make sure people hear i want people to listen so i went to the itunes one and i clicked it just to see okay does it load is it playing and i i guess i hadn't noticed before but when you click it you'll notice on the left hand side you know down toward the bottom you'll see something that says 1x, one times, you know. And you think, oh, what is this? What does this mean? Well, apparently, you can click that, and it will go to, I believe, one and a half, and then it'll even go to two, and then you click it again, it'll go down to 0.5. So what does this mean? That means that the speed, the speed of the episode. So I'm going to play here the Bonfire short clip, a Taco Bell story. <laughs> And I'm going to try to make the audio, you know, as clean as possible. But I'm going to show you <laughs> just what made me lose just my my mind. Let's go ahead and uh, click it at normal speed here. I mean, you're going to do good work. Good work. Case in point right here. The other day. The other day. I decided to go get Taco Bell. All right. All so right. that's you know, mistake number one. Normal speed. Yes. Mistake number one. Getting Taco Bell. One and but a half. I can't help it pretty good tastes pretty good let me be, let's be clear it tastes good it ain't good for you but i'm a human being i make mistakes anyway don't care one and a half decided to go to taco bell here is i go up to the drive-thru twice the speed food. come up to the window i give the card i pay for the food for which i ordered and then all of a sudden they say hey what do you want sauce with that i say yeah I'll, some fire sauce please all right great i look inside <laughs> i see the guy grab a handful of fire sauce just the way i like it and put it in the bag then he hands me the bag says thank you sir and i said oh, okay great without thinking so as i grab the bag i noticed something i said wow this is really light <laughs> what the heck is going on here i open up the bag there's no food in there. It's just a bag with my receipt <laughs> and the fire sauce. <laughs> and I laughed. I just chuckled to myself. I said, you know. <laughs> That's just. I just lost it because it's a great feature. If you want to get through an episode quickly of anything, whatever you're listening to, you can listen to it at one and a half or twice the normal speed. I like to try to speak slowly, articulate. That way people understand what I'm saying. I don't want to throw my words. In the, in the, in the, no, I want to slow down. Speak clearly. 
Now, I feel because I do that, I can play bonfire episodes like this, short clips, at twice the speed, and you can still understand what I'm saying, and I'm just imagining what if I actually spoke that quickly, and it's funny. And there's obviously a little laugh in there that I was like, eh! and just like a squeak. <laughs> and I lost it. I don't, I was, you had to be there, I guess. But if I was having a really bad day, I'd be really pissed. But I'm able to laugh this off because this is, this is just too funny. This is weird. I couldn't believe it. I sat right there at the window. I didn't wave. I wasn't knocking on the window trying to get their attention. I just sat there patiently. And I, you know, 10 seconds later, he finally looks out the window and sees me still there. And he's like, what's going on? Oh, what's going on, buddy? I'm like, there's no food here, man. <laughs> I just started laughing. <laughs> See, there it is. All right. Now, the best part is when you go to one and a half. So let's check it out. He wasn't amused. But he was like, oh. oh, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> I said, it's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't come here and pay money for bags of fire sauce <laughs> in a bag. Where's the food? I oh, sound okay. drunk. That's why. Then he grabbed the food. Then he <laughs> put it in the bag. And then he handed it to me. And I moved on. Moves on with my life. It occurred to me, though. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait. When you... I saw you. <laughs> you grabbed the fire sauce. <sighs> you had to open up the empty bag because <laughs> it was a brand new bag you had to brand open new. it up Put and it. I saw you look inside <laughs> oh that's funny I'd say the half speed is what really made me lose my mind and my roommate's in the other room and he's like what the hell are you listening to why are you laughing so much I said because I sound drunk when you play these at half speed I sound wasted, absolutely wasted, and I'd never, I've never been that drunk before. Thank goodness. But I now you can just imagine, imagine it now, at that speed. So now here's the here's the thing: you do do it to yourself. I don't know if you can do that. Find some way to record yourself, and if you play yourself at half speed, you sound drunk. This is kind of off of um, what Jimmy Kimmel did with Donald Trump. You know, he had a normal Donald Trump speech, and he slowed it down to half speed. And when you do that, he sounds drunk too. I don't know what it is, but when you do that, it's so, so weird. Yeah, it's it's funny. That is that is some classy humor right there. <laughs> that you just slow it to half speed, such a simple thing, and it just is hysterical. I love it. So, And if you don't love it, that's your problem. Sucks to be you. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning into the Bonfire Podcast this week. We got to do some uh, movie reviews and a TV show review. The Bachelorette, TV trash. Uh, that's my opinion. But, of course, that's all you're going to get here at the Bonfire is my opinion because I'm the host. That's how it works. What are you going to do? Be sure to go to bonfirethoughts.com. We got a new writer, Matt Costa. He's going to be our sports editor. He'll be adding, you know, all sorts of sports articles. I like it. So, Good, uh, smart, motivated guy who wants to write about sports. I love it. That's his shtick. Me, I like to do movie reviews and, you know, regular, not regular, um, random opinings here and there. And then, of course, you know, still Carolyn, who's been with us for several months, and then a handful of other writers, Michael Tan, everybody who just contributes so much to the website. And I appreciate it very much. You can find us on the Facebooks, the Twitters, and the Instagrams. Now, um, don't also forget 
Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't forget. <laughs> Confuse myself. Don't forget Bonfire Podcast on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And let's all, you know, let's give a round of applause to SoundCloud for remembering to solve the issue of my episodes, putting them up where they belong. So, so that good people like yourself can listen to everything the Bonfire has to offer. Thank you very much. Andrew Herzog, out. The Bonfire, only on the Blaze Radio Network.